and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast, where we exist to connect the story of God with the story of man and see all of our lives in light of God and his story. My name is Raven, and I'm joined by Steve, our worship director, and Jared, one of the pastors here. And today we are discussing musical worship. Hey, everyone. I feel like I should start singing because this is all about musical <laughs> you worship. You can. We're just here to listen. Go ahead. <laughs> Go for it. No, no. Well, so Steve, you're our worship director here. Yeah. So you've definitely had experience with musical worship. Yeah. Yep. I totally have. And Jared, what's your background with musical worship? You want me to give a background? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll let the secret out of the bag. So, <laughs> well, I sang in church a lot growing up. That's part of my back. No, I, so my um, my dad was actually a high school music teacher, and so I did music my whole life. And so oh. then, mm-hmm. as I was thinking about ministry, I got into uh, an internship where I there was no other worship leader, and so I kind of mm. stepped in and learned. And so I mm. became a worship leader in a college ministry for two years, and then led in a church uh, for the three years after that. So for five years, mm-hmm. uh, I was a worship leader. I, I mean, maybe a mediocre worship leader. I don't know. You could ask people around. But um, I do really enjoy worship and leading worship, playing guitar and stuff. But it's been a while. Yeah. That's really cool, though. I didn't know that your dad was also into music. And did you say he was a music worship leader, too? Uh, He does it in his home church. There's no staff person. But, you know, he'll be Mm -hmm. on once a month or twice a month or something like that for the last four decades or so yeah (laughs) no that's awesome my family my mom did musical worship in the church as a volunteer growing up so i was around it and surrounded by it but i never actually was in musical worship at all but for this podcast we really wanted to talk about first of all what is worship because for a lot of us when we hear worship especially for me growing up in the church i would always think oh that just means we sing musical Mm -hmm. worship and that's it but as we see in scripture, that's not necessarily what the Bible defines worship as. And so, Steve and Jared, how would you guys define worship from what we see in scripture? I'll let Steve, the resident expert, start. <laughs> the resident expert. Uh, no, we were talking about this earlier, and I liked that Jared pointed us to Romans 12, where he says, where Paul says, that because of the gospel, because of everything that's true of us and what Jesus has done now, therefore let us live our lives as a living sacrifice Mm. to God. Um, So that just implies our our whole life should be in response to what God has done. We should live our lives for God. So yeah, yeah. Our entire life should be worship, just a response to who he is. Totally. You have a Mm. definition that you like, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I like the way the Austin Stone, um, just defines it. Uh, they say biblical worship is the full life response, the head, the heart and hands to who God is and what he, what he has done. Mm. Yeah. That's good because mm. it really does paint worship in the whole entire picture of it's this feeling or adoration or a whole entire life response to the Lord and who he is. Mm-hmm. So then why do churches always paint it as musical worship? Or at least that's what it seems to people. Because when mm-hmm. I say worship, most of the time people are going, oh yeah, we're going to sing. So why is that? Why do we normally have that conception? Misconception, really. Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, I haven't traced the history, so I don't know all <laughs> the facts. But yeah. I think it's just a language thing. You know, we start using a terminology of worship, to, to, you know, correspond with singing in church. Mm-hmm. And then people, 
there's a genre of music that you know gets popular that we call worship music yeah, you yeah. know and that's become more so the case in the last you know couple decades and so now it's just kind of equated with that the problem i mean it's great that worship and worship music is so popular now. The problem is, is it, it just leads to misconceptions. And so then you don't always think, like the detriment is you don't always think of your whole life as mm-hmm. a spiritual act of worship is, you know, what it would say in Romans 12. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of misleading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The language, I think, yeah, I don't know the history either, but I think, Sometimes you'll hear a preacher and he's ending his sermon and he says, now we're going to enter into a time of worship. Mm. And so in our minds, we think, okay, whatever just happened wasn't worship, but we're going to, what we're going to enter into is now worship. Mm. And I think, yeah, I think language has slowly made us start thinking that worship is only music, that worship only happens when we sing. And I don't think anyone's done it on purpose. It's just, I think what we slowly started doing Totally. And we're realizing that that language isn't super accurate, that worship is all encompassing in our lives. But for the purposes of this podcast, we're just focusing on musical worship, which is why we read a chapter from the book Sing by the Getty family who actually wrote the song In Christ Alone. And the chapter that we read is called The Radical Witness When Congregations Sing. But before we dive into that, thought steve what were the other chapters in the book like yeah so i think the first three chapters they lay the groundwork or just explain why god's people should sing and they just show us from god's word that we were created to sing it's not we didn't as humans run into the fact that we can make these musical sounds from our Mm -hmm. vocal cords but god intended us to sing and we love sing singing and we love art all this stuff And then also that we're commanded to sing all throughout scripture, especially the Psalms, God commands the people of Israel to sing a song to him. Mm. And Jared was talking about earlier how even in the Old Testament, after God would do great works of redemption and save his people, they usually responded in song. They would write Mm. songs about it and they would sing it together. So it's something we were created to do um, because we were created by God and we can sing and also commanded to all throughout his word where he's, he commands us to sing to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. It's like an appropriate mm-hmm. response. You see after the Red Sea, the people of Israel mm-hmm. sing. There's, I'm thinking of Psalm 20 after there's a victory in kind of a battle. They sing, a, I think it's Psalm 20. They sing like a victory song or even after an angel visits Mary and tells her mm-hmm. uh, that, hey, you're going to, Jesus, you're, the Savior of the world is going to be born through you. And she like has her own oh, little yeah. poem yeah. or song that, she has so this. It's like this appropriate biblical response to a, a landmark thing that mm. that God does. Mm. It's That's a cool really picture. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this whole year we've really been focusing on mission and what it looks like to share the gospel with others. And what's interesting about this chapter from the book is that it talks about just that, what it means to witness to others when we sing. And so, yeah, could you guys kind of flesh that out about what that's saying? When it's saying that we're witnessing to others when we sing, what does that mean? The title is called The Radical Witness When Congregations Sing, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting title. I think a lot of the times I don't think as, I don't think singing is a witness to who, or like witness, I'm not witnessing or telling the world who God is. We're definitely doing that. Um, But yeah, they quote Psalm 117, where Psalm 117 says, praise the Lord, all you nations, extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love towards us 
and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so the Psalms show us that they're, that they're aware that the nations are watching in on the people of Israel singing and worshiping God. And so they, they point us to the importance of the fact that the world is watching. They're mm-hmm. watching what we're doing. They're watching everything we're doing. And one of the things that they're watching is what, how we're singing and what we're singing about. Yeah. And so in that way, our singing can be a witness to the world. Mm. I would say. Yeah, and I think one of the things that they use to set this up is the fact that the, the world operates in a different way. Like culture is like flowing downstream in a way that is like radically focused on self and individualism mm. and consumerism. And so the way the church kind of deflects glory or focus on ourselves and points it to God is like an upstream kind of thing. And so Mm -hmm. even in the nature of going the opposite direction, there's a sense in which um, that's a witness, like it's something different. So Steve, like you were saying, whether it's Psalm 117 or anywhere that the people of God are set apart, um, there should be something like unique. So when they look in, they should see something different. And one of the ways that we are different or can even tell how we're different is through singing and through the, the words that we sing that, that point to God mm. as the, our focus as opposed to ourselves. Yeah. I feel like the words are so important because they are instructing our hearts and our minds. Steve, how do you plan songs for Sunday? What's the process behind that? Yeah. I just, well, first of all, I mean, just try to see if it's true. Like mm-hmm. it's not straight heresy. Most songs <laughs> I would say aren't. Yeah. Um, but then also I look to for depth too. Like, is this song tell us something that, I don't know, in a rich way, in a deep way, or even like asking the questions, does this song walk us through the gospel story? Um, but yeah, those are the things I look for is, um, is it true? And do our people need to sing this? And do they, yeah, should should they sing this? Would yeah. this be, whatever this is telling us about God, would this be really good for our, our souls to know? Mm. Yeah. And in this article or this chapter, it said that congregational singing is invitational and instructive. So how is it invitational and how is it instructive with the words that we're singing? Yeah. Invitational in the way that it's, it's easy, I would say to hop into a song and kind of pick up on the melody. I think of, uh, just Christmas time and Easter, mostly Christmas, uh, people who are non-believers will come to those because it's just tradition and they'll join in on the song just because mm-hmm. they, they know it or it's just super familiar or they just easily catch on to it. And so in that way, it's invitational. A song is just something you can just easily hop into. So in that way, it's an invitational. Instructional in the way that whatever we're singing is teaching us there's whatever we're singing about is also teaching us what God is like. Mm. For example, I mean, we, we learn things through song. We think of the alphabetical order or the pledge of allegiance, which is not really a song, but just it's put into a way that what's memorable. That's um, yeah, but we learn that way. And so in that way, because we, it, it makes things memorable, it's instructive. And so singing worship, singing musical worship can be instructional in that way that it's teaching us about God. Mm. That's yeah. It's kind of interesting to think of the practical part. I have kiddos. Two kiddos are in school, elementary school right now, and they're learning all their numbers and their like times tables by singing songs. And so when we're driving in the car, we're playing how to count by nines or how to count by twelves, mm-hmm. and it's so easy because it like it sticks in your mind. I remember I went to a a worship conference back in back in the olden days when I was a worship leader, <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, and the there was a 
a speaker up front who essentially said, hey, three days from Sunday, no one's going to remember any specific words or phrases that the pastor said from Mm -hmm. a sermon, but they are going to be singing the lyrics of a song that you sang on Sunday. And so it's like it put a weight to it Mm -hmm. that's like, oh, it's important what words we sing and how we instruct people to this. Now that I preach on Sunday and don't lead worship, Mm -hmm. I I try to forget that quote and assume that people are going to remember (laughs) my service. But but, uh, I mean, there is something to that. Like I honestly, this morning when I Mm -hmm. woke up, I was singing a song, not even from this last Sunday, but two Sundays ago that we sang Mm -hmm. because it just just sticks in your head and it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is... This is like a good thing for me to dwell on. It's a good thing to have mm. stuck in my head, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that reminds me of a quote that I read by Bob Coughlin in his book called Worship Matters. Uh, he talks about how, well, he asked the question to worship leaders. He says, if you gathered all the songs that you did for a year about God um, and you wrote about everything they taught your people about, what would they say about your God or our mm. God? Like, what what would the songs just say? Is it everything that your people learn? Is it just that he loves us? Or do they learn about the cross? And the fact that we're fallen and we need him, do we learn that he's holy and that he can't stand injustice or injustice, I should say. Um, But anyway, so that was a a really good question to ask. So Mm -hmm. when we sing, we're teaching people. Yeah, we're inviting them in the chorus, but we're also we're also teaching people mm-hmm. yeah. through song. So, and you're sharing the gospel, like you were saying, Steve. That's so good, and it does give it a whole new weight to it. Yeah. Well, and I even think, yeah, after a Sunday, I'm singing those lyrics, and if I'm singing "In Christ Alone My Hope Is Found," and I'm saying that to myself over and over, you're instructing your heart to learn that and your mind to think that too. And that is really. It's just, yeah, it's a lot bigger of a weight than you would think. So what about for people who would say, well, you know what? I don't really worship. I actually was with someone last night who said, yeah, church worship just isn't my thing. I don't like it. I don't like to sing along. Mm-hmm. What'd you guys say to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, my, my first question would be like, tell me your story. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. most people, I, I don't know. I've never actually heard somebody say that they don't like music. I think you guys said, maybe you've heard people say that, but I feel mm-hmm. like everyone likes music to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But if there's something that's like uh, church, church music, church worship, isn't my thing. I'm like, okay, let me ask you questions about how you grew mm-hmm. up. Cause I'd be curious to know if there's like a bad experience tucked behind that, that, that you're associating that with something because mm-hmm. if people like music, most everyone and they go to the you know a show of their favorite band you're gonna be singing along smiling swaying with your friends being expressive so i i uh i think there maybe there's a maybe there's a little something tucked away that you're you're not aware of that's keeping you from actually engaging or wanting to engage in that way yeah i would ask a question that maybe this is a little mean but that would point to the inconsistencies <laughs> to how they respond to other things or or that would expose that, yeah, why they respond to church singing differently than they would in another normal, quote unquote, normal part of their life. Uh, I would ask him, how do you cheer for a football game? Mm. And this kind of sounds mean. But also, <laughs> yeah. Jared, you said it when we were talking this through, you said, how would they respond to the gender revealing of their kid? Are they just going to stand there and <laughs> be uh, stoic? Mm. I don't think so. Um, 
Yeah, I would just, I would just, I would wonder why they respond differently in just other parts of their lives, and why church music has to be so stoic. Yeah. Um, but also, too, I mean, there could be a thing where they just don't feel like they're good singers, and mm. therefore they're not supposed to take part in that. But I mean, this is you hear this all the time. Scripture doesn't say make a beautiful sound; it says make a joyful noise mm. to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's you know one of the reasons why it's important for us to teach people why congregational singing and bringing our voices together to be a witness and it's not us centered or like what we like or what we prefer that's at the center point of this it's like okay this is like us proclaiming Mm. learning you know reflecting on god um and when we do that and we say hey there's a power to doing this as a congregation the church has done it the people of israel have done it you know that when the first church you know, post-resurrection and Acts 2 started, they gathered together to sing. Like, this is this is what we do. And if we're good at instructing that, we may be able to break down some of the barriers mm. of the mm. ways that we think of, like, musical worship in kind of a consumer kind of way or, like, yeah. preference kind of way. And so I think it's important that we... Maybe that's why we're doing this today, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's good. And it's also another reminder that it's not all for show either. We're not just sitting there and making a joyful noise, exuberantly praising the Lord. And then, you know, on the flip side, we're cussing out our neighbor or just doing things. It's like the heart posture behind it too. Steve, you had kind of mentioned how it relates to the Sermon on the Mount that we're going through. Yeah. In this chapter, they, so they mention, yeah, our worship, our singing can be a witness to the world, but it also can be a damaging witness. And there are two ways that it can be. One is you can, sing like super excited about the truth that you're singing. But then if your life looks differently on Monday through Saturday, then you're being a hypocrite and Mm -hmm. you're not, I don't know. It's just not, not a good witness to what the truth is. Uh, the other way is if you're, you're a half-hearted singer, uh, if you're just kind of stoically singing the truths, the world, or even your Christian friend or whatever, the church will wonder, do you really believe like what you're singing? Mm. And so in that way, the way that you sing, the way that you live can be a hindrance. And we've been talking about that on the Sermon on the Mount, just because our church is going through that. And we see how Jesus is getting to the heart. And in another gospel, uh, or it might be the same one, Jesus says, he he's, it, you can just see throughout just the gospels that Jesus is the harshest with, with the Pharisees yeah. and it's because they were honoring him with their lips, but their hearts were really far from him. Mm. So, yeah. It's to actually focus on the words that we're singing and make sure all mm. of our lives align with the truth that we're saying. It's not just words coming out of our mouth, but it's actually our actions are following as well. Just to wrap up, what would you tell people, whether they come on a Sunday or a Wednesday to worship, what would you tell them to prepare their minds and their hearts before they engage in musical worship? I think I would tell them that the the songs and the themes that they're about to sing on or sing about are choruses that have been sung way before they showed up. So there's something about just our history as the Christian family tree. And when you think about, oh my gosh, these themes that we're singing about, or even the song they were singing about is a hundred years old. And we're going to sing it today. And these truths are still true about God. There's something about that encourages me to sing. Mm. And the other thought is too, I'm not going to come to this worship night alone, but I'm going to come with my brothers and sisters in Jesus. 
And so we're also going to sing to one another. We've probably already had a rough week with Monday and Tuesday. (laughs) And so for us to get the opportunity to sing these songs that tell us about who God is and what was true about us because of what he's done for us, that'll be a cool thing for us to be reminded of. And to do that through song, a fun way, um, I think that's a sweet thing to be a part of. So I would ask him, hey, uh, Christians have been singing forever. And that reminds us that God is internal. And the other thing is, hey, we need to remind ourselves Mm -hmm. of these these songs. This is good for you. Like for us to be reminded of the gospel story is a good thing because there's so many stories out there that are telling us something different about who God is or what we were created for or what our purpose is. And so, yeah, join in on the song, sing along. You need this. Yeah, I think what you said there at the end or how you summarized is powerful. It's this idea that, that God has a, a story, you know, there's a story to this, the gospel or God's mission going forward. And, and he swept people up into that the whole time. And they've sung about it, reflected glory back to him. And, um, yeah, it's an opportunity as we sing. Um, it may not always be the first natural response, but um, it's a way to bring ourselves into alignment with who God is and what he's trying to do. Um, and so sometimes worship is going to be a natural overflow. It's going to be a natural response. Other times it's going to be a discipline or a sacrifice. But either way, it's an opportunity for us with our brothers and sisters in a communal way to bring ourselves into alignment with who God is and what he's doing. Thank you for joining us today as we discussed musical worship. Again, the Christian Formation Podcast exists to connect the story of God with the story of man and see all of our lives in light of God and his story. If you want to find out more about us, head to ProvidenceOmaha.org. And if you have any questions, thoughts, or podcast topics, please email us at formation at ProvidenceOmaha.org. We'll see you next week.